This is the Horse Radio Network. Welcome back to the Rain in Your Herd podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode where we will teach you how to harness the power of the internet to grow your online herd. I'm Laura. And I'm April. We can't wait to watch your business grow when you implement what you learn from the podcast. Whether you own a stable or a boarding facility, offer riding lessons and horse training, or are building an online membership for equine education, these tips can help you get more clients. Thanks for tuning in. If you're enjoying the podcast, please, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. If you share your business name in your review, you just might hear it in a future episode. Today, we are excited to welcome Allie Addison, the person behind the amazing Instagram account, Milton Menesco, and the queen of social media collaborations. We're so excited to sit down with her today. Welcome to the show, Allie. Oh, thank you so much, ladies, for having me. I really appreciate it. And I'm very, very honored. So thank you. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and what kind of inspired the Milton Menesco Instagram account. Okay, well, I know that this is a horse podcast, so I'm speaking to my people, no doubt, but I'm just a <laughs> the same old, same old horse crazy girls, grew up um, riding horses all my life, and somehow it just, like, I was given the opportunity to start something on Instagram, it snowballed from there. Um, and here we are. So I know that's very, very vague and I'll back up a little bit, but yes, I grew up riding horses. I have done that my entire adult life. Um, I also went to school and got a marketing degree from one of our local universities here in California, ended up going back to school and getting my master's degree in business marketing. And so I've always worked in different industries, um, primarily luxury consumer goods in the marketing department. And marketing has been my jam. And um, I ended up starting the Instagram page, Milton Manasco, as um, a marketing experiment and wanted to see what I could do with it when I'm also, um, I was teaching myself, this was years ago, and I don't even want to date myself, but I started this page a very long time ago when Instagram first came around. And at the time I was consulting for a lot of companies and wanted to test some things out. And to this day, I still consult for small businesses and small brands. And I use my own platform to test things. So I um, took my own personal passion, which is horses and equestrian lifestyle and artwork and developed an Instagram page. And now fast forward, here we are, and it's turned into its own standalone brand. And it's a brand that um, I produce my own goods, my own consumer goods, and I also do a lot of collaborations. So obviously what we're talking about today. And um, yeah, it's just grown. It's been a great experience. It's been um, a great learning experience and a great way to meet other people and build relationships, which is a very important thing when it comes to collaborations. And um, yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up. And in terms of me as a horse girl, I, I do still compete. I ride hunter jumpers. I also ride in the Western world. That's where I grew up. I've done junior rodeo. I've done three-day eventing. I was a pony club kid. I mean, you name it, I've done it. So there's the background on that. Love it. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. You sound like a very well-rounded horse person. That's cool. <laughs> 
Yes, I'm, I'm not an expert in any one field, um, kind of a jack of all trades. Let's put it that yeah. way. <laughs> that's what I like to do. Just yeah, I think that's get, a great way get to my be. feet wet in a little bit of everything. Yeah. So how did the idea of the collaborations come about? And at what point during your journey of this account, did you kind of try your first one? Okay, so the collaborations, um, and I've always broken collaborations down into three different groups. And so you have like the short term collaborations where it's more of a, a support system, like equestrian supporting equestrians, you know, girls supporting girls, whatever it may be, but it's just content sharing and relationship building. And I think in any form of business, in any industry that you're involved in, that is so important to do that and to show your support for your competitors for your fellow industry people. So you have that. And I'll say that from the beginning in my professional career, I've always done that. Um, when I was working as a marketing director for other brands, we were always joining forces and trying to come up with different marketing collaborations. So that's not new. Then when you get into the realm of social media and Instagram, you have something that I call more of a marketing collaboration. Usually it's a a paid collaboration. And maybe that might be just for an example, maybe you have um, a company or a brand that produces their own line of tack or their own line of equine grooming products, or maybe it's a wearables company and they want to work with another person in collaboration to promote their business. So we talk about like Instagram influencers, which um, part of me kind of I, I don't like that term cringes a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't want to put, I don't want to put it down. Um, I know that it is such an industry. It's such a stronghold in this, but that's really where it was born. And so you have brands that are looking to work with other people who really are at the end of the day, they're just marketers. Um, they're really good at marketing products, marketing services, whatever it may be. So if you are on Instagram and you are part of the influencer crowd, I think it, it, it's definitely something that you've been approached with, or maybe you've approached brands to work with them for those marketing based collaborations. And then my third category um, that I've broken it down, and I'm sure that there's experts on the subject far beyond my expertise and have different categories and names for it. But for the third one, I call it product collaborations. And this is where you're actually producing consumer goods or services to sell to your market. And um, so to go back to your original question about me and when I started collaborating, like I said, when it came to just basic short-term collaborations, I've been doing this since college and, and supporting other companies and in return, having them support me. When it comes to marketing collaborations, yes, I am approached on a continual basis to work with different brands, to set up partnerships. Um, I would say that's been going on for multiple years now. And then in terms of the product collaboration, that's very new to me. That has been about a year and a half. And I think one of your initial questions on this point was why and you know what inspired you to do these product collaborations. And I'll be fully transparent and honest. Um, at the time, I was also building my own brand to sell consumer goods. And I am not a big risk taker by any means. I'm very conservative when it comes to business and um, 
basically, you know, putting my foot in the ring, which I think a lot of people are like, you have those that just kind of jump off and say, oh, I'm going to do it. And then you have those of us that sit around and sit on our hands and don't do anything because we're just waiting for the perfect moment. So I decided to take the opportunity to do a product collaboration with other brands as my moment to test things out. So I thought if I can align myself with another brand, maybe it's someone like Dreamers and Schemers, Boot Socks. Um, maybe it's someone, and these are just brands that I've worked with on product collaborations, but maybe it's someone like Solaris UK, which is a boot manufacturer, a custom boot maker actually over in the UK. If I can align myself with them, produce a product with them, and then I can test my own marketability before I go forth and produce my own line of products. So that is the reason why I even got started with this, with product Genius. And you yeah. know what? I learned a lot in the process. Um, it's definitely, it's a business opportunity, a business experience, and a business relationship that you make. It's something that you see in all forms of business, but we came together We've designed products, we have contracts, we have terms, we've set everything up. Then we get into the marketing of the products. You know, we have to decide who does what, like what responsibilities fall on which party. And it's just done over Instagram. <laughs> that's where we, we market it. So awesome. I was able to test my own marketability under my Instagram name and, and brand that I've made for myself. And then it allowed me the opportunity to make the decision on how I wanted to move forward with consumer goods to people. And if you follow me at all, um, you'll see that I'm now offering consumer goods and it's been a little over a year that this has been happening. So I guess that's the answer in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about like your first like equine ever collaboration and how has that approach yeah. kind of changed? Let's see. A lot of the people that I first worked with, again, a little over a year ago, I'm still working with them. So I think I did two and they consecutive, they launched almost consecutively just because of timing. So it was in fall and winter of 2019 that they launched and one was with dreamers and schemers and the other one was with solaris uk and so with dreamers and schemers what we ended up doing um was creating three boot socks and um they were tall boot socks that could be worn for those that ride in english disciplines and then of course i have all of my my western discipline uh guys and gals and they really transferred over quite well which i loved but when i was working with christy of dreamers and schemers um she had come to me and said, you know, I have the opportunity to create a new type of boot sock, which is a full knit. And I said, well, I really want to do a full knit boot sock. So um, she told me to come up with some ideas and some designs. I came up with a bunch and we couldn't decide on one. Instead, we decided to produce three and it worked out beautifully. I designed the packaging, um, wanted it to be very much branded for both of our businesses and really represent and encompass what both of our businesses are and our brands. So we launched that, I want to say in October of 2019, and it was a slam dunk. It was a total hit. Awesome. Uh, it went so, so well. 
And at the same time, because you, you see so many brands like pushing for holiday. So that's why it really, really went off without a hitch. Um, at the same time, I aligned myself with Kate of Solaris UK to produce some sweatshirts and some t-shirts with a very naughty um, slogan printed across them. And <laughs> once again, it was a hit and it, it worked out beautifully. <laughs> so both of those launched at the same time. I was able to test my marketability for Milton Manasco through two different established brands that had been around for a long time um, that had a really loyal following, no doubt, and um, was also able to uh, go through the process of designing and manufacturing things and doing so remotely. I mean, between these brands that I worked with, we never actually met in person. So everything done remotely in terms of samples and design meetings. And um, I mean, this was before even COVID started. So we had it all figured out. And then of course, as 2020 came into play, um, based off of the way that I had been working with my collaboration partners, I mean, we just continued on and it was fine <laughs> with the way that we would come up with products and, and how we would market them. So those were my first two. And I still work with these companies and um, we have a lot of fun. There's, there's new stuff that I'm actually designing right now. I was working on things this morning and um, can't wait to launch it for everybody. But like across all the brands that you work with, not just the products kind of, can you talk about how you like what you do and how you're intentional about attracting people that go along with your messaging, that fit with your branding. You have a, like this beautiful, cohesive brand that you've created. Can you kind of talk about how you manage that within the yeah, space? Absolutely. And so um, first to answer the first part of your question, because that's a very open and broad, broad question. I mean, when we're talking about branding and marketing and, and creating that cohesive look for yourself, but also aligning yourself with people that fit that same mold, that fit the same values and morals that you have, which is very important in business. So again, this just comes down to business 101 that is displayed on a social media platform. But what I like to remind people and focus on for consulting as well is one of the most important things in business, and I think we will all agree, is building relationships. Mm -hmm. So in finding these partners that I've worked with, these are relationship, relationships that I've been building for quite some time. And so, yes, we are on the phone and we're chatting over Instagram and DMs and email and whatnot, but you really start to get a sense of who these people are in the brands that they've built and what they represent. So I was able to hone in and decide like, yes, this is the type of person I want to work with. I totally can align myself with this person. We are on the same page when it comes down to what's important to us, whether that's quality or how things are produced or how we communicate with our followers, with our audience and our client base, um, and kind of the more social values and morals that we stand by. So business relationships always stems from communication and ongoing communication. So to answer that part of the question, that's how I was able to figure out who I wanted to work with. Um, I could very easily almost cold call 
some big brands and some big names. But the truth is, do I know the people behind that brand? Have I been able to converse with them over the course of, I don't know, a year or whatever it may be? And if I really got to know these people, would I actually like them from a business person perspective? So um, I, I don't tend to jump into things that comes from that angle. I tend to jump into things with people that I have built relationships with first. So you're building, like you're kind of almost handpicking people from the sense of, you know, these people very well before you ever extend the invitation. Exactly. Because at the end of the day too, when it comes down, there's always a monetary element to any part of collaborating. But um, when it comes down to product collaborations, at the end of the day, we're making money and we're basically going into business together. So like, if you're going to go into business with somebody, like I, I need to know who you are and I need, I need to make sure that you know who I am too. And I, I try to be really transparent when it comes to that, but that's how I pick my brands and my people that I work with. And I'm very, very loyal to them. And that's why even though this is so short term, and I hate to keep bringing that up, that I've only been doing this in terms of product collaboration for a year and a half. It is short term when you look at that and when you think about it. Um, But there's a reason why I'm still working with all of these brands a year and a half later. And I hope that this continues and that we can grow collectively and that we can learn from each other. Talk a little bit about how you like, so, you know, how you meld two different brands together and keep it cohesive. That's really a marketing thing. And there's always a way to do it. Um, Of course, I have aligned myself with brands that I said, focus on a lot of things, but one of those things is quality. Basically, the basic answer to that is taking our branded elements that we both possess, you know, that's logos, that's brand colors, That's icons that we use in our branding, messaging that we use in our branding, and finding a way to mesh that together. More often than not, and and like great things to look at are big scale partnerships and collaborations that people do with um, big, big companies. There's always a way that you could take two brands and mush them together. Um, One of the things that I've done with my own product collaborations, one of the things that I take on when I'm working with these other companies is I do take on a lot of the marketing and producing a lot of the social assets myself. And with that being said, I'm usually the one that is setting up and handling the photography. So Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the reasons why you might see a lot of consistency in the collaborations that I do is I'm working with the same photographer for every single thing. And that photographer and I, we have a very definitive style. It's very recognizable. That is our style. And that's what we tend to do over and over and over in different locations on different animals in different disciplines, but you definitely get that cohesive vibe. So I take that element and I apply it to these brand collaborations that I'm working with and these other brands. And then we just start to overlay for our social assets and our messaging and our stories and our posts that we do and our email blast with a lot of their design elements and their messaging. And it really does, in the end, make that cohesive look and tie in both brands quite beautifully. So really, that's more of a a marketing thing between the two. 
Um, I think that it all starts though and has to begin with making sure that the voices and the brands themselves have the ability to be cohesive. Totally. So we're going to, we're at our halfway break point and we like to do a little pony update since horses brought us together. We don't want to leave them out. So Allie, tell us what started your love for horses. Okay. So pony break, pony update. I began the segment by saying that I was, I've been a horse girl all my life. My parents are horse people. And so, um, it was almost inherent that myself and my only sibling became horse people as well. And people will ask me like, well, when did you start riding? And the truth is, I don't know. It was probably before I could walk. I was being sat on a horse and led around. So that's where it began. It all comes from my parents. I have nobody else to thank, but them. And of course my extended family. So we have a large family of horse back riders and horse people. And it dates back generations and generations. Um, I come from a really old family here in California, um, ranchers and farmers and cattle ranchers. And so that's where it really stems. But um, I briefly touched upon the fact that I've done a lot of things. I've ridden in, you know, many disciplines. And to this day, I still am very multidisciplinary. But um, I came from a ranching family and a ranching background and um, doing the junior rodeos and, and doing the cattle gathering. And when I was eight years old, I was the one, the black sheep of the family that went to my parents and said, I really would like to try something else. And that was jumping. You know, I really wanted to sit, sit my buns on an English saddle at the tender age of eight and try it. And I did. And it never stopped after that point. So to this day, And if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that I am in the hunter jumper ring. And then I go back home and I ride with my family and we are pushing cattle or we are, you know, practicing roping, whatever it may be. But, um, really it all comes back to my parents and instilling that love, appreciation and respect for the horse. Giving me hope that my children will love horses, my future children. Well, (laughs) can't push it on them. No, no. That's the tricky part. It, yeah. it, it's tricky. I have two children. They're nine and seven. Um, the seven-year-old is a girl, and she has been horse-obsessed from the moment she arrived on planet Earth. I don't know why. It just happens that way. And then the boy is a little bit different. And at nine years old, he really didn't fall in love with it until this last year when we made the decision to get him his own pony and having that, like, this is mine and I get to take care of this. And this is my responsibility and my bond that I get to create has completely changed the game for him. And I always told myself like, Hey, if my kids love it, great. If they don't, that's fine. You know, I want them to find something that they love and to carve their own path. Um, You know, when, when I said that I owe everything to my parents, the truth was, is that they presented the horse lifestyle to myself and my brother. And it just turned out that we loved it. It was never forced upon us. So that's kind of been my approach with my own children. Yeah. I think that's the same with my daughter. She just loved them like straight away. I mean, I, of course I have them everywhere. So I'm like, there might be a little bit of Stockholm syndrome a little bit, but um, so. it's funny. Yeah. And I, 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 I agree with you right there, April, because <laughs> It was like you walk through my house and there's 
pictures and artwork of horses on every single wall. It's it's pretty horse. So it was almost like destiny for mm-hmm. for girl to become horse best. Yeah, definitely. Couldn't get away from it. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield. And I'm Philip Parks from the Dressage Radio Show. We are the official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation, and we love talking all things dressage. As two professional dressage riders, we enjoy bringing our friends and colleagues on the podcast to share our knowledge of the sport. We have interviews with riders, trainers, authors, and judges to bring you information, stories, and riding tips about dressage. We invite you to come on over to listen to our show at dressageradioshow.com. Okay, so if I'm a brand on Instagram and I want to try to dip my toes into this waters and kind of start collaborating, how would you suggest that I get started? Like, what's the first step? Okay, so the first step is you start small. Yeah. <laughs> start small and um, really, really start building these relationships. And so how do you start building relationships? And this is something that I've consulted on for a lot of smaller brands that are just getting started. And they're like, well, Allie, what do I do? How do I do this? I'm like, okay, let's make a short list of people that you would ultimately love to work with or partner with down the road. And it's great. It's great to write that list down. And like, what brands would you want to put on that list? Okay, write it down. Now you need to start communicating and engaging with those people. Mm -hmm. You can't follow them. You can't just simply press the follow button and then expect something to happen. Like you have to take that first step. So start by liking their content. If you like it, I mean, don't do it if you don't like it. And if you don't like it, then they're not the people that you should be working with. But I'm trusting as a small brand that you are putting together a list of people that you really do like, and you like the stuff that they're putting out. So you begin by engaging, like, comment, share. So in the the spirit of equestrians supporting equestrians, Brands will notice when you engage with them consistently. Yes. Share their content, talk to them, DM them, answer their stories, and engage with them on every available way that you can. And the beauty of Instagram is there's so many ways that you can engage with someone or some brand. So the world is your oyster. You can absolutely do it. Um, Sometimes if you're a shy person and you kind of need to get over that hurdle, That's why I say start small with the likes, then move up to the comments, then move into the DMs. I mean, it's always a, um, it has to be gracefully approached. I mean, you don't want to overdo it. You don't want to be like, oh, please be my friend type of thing. (laughs) You have to start something. So I do tell a lot of brands like every day when you wake up and if you're making social media a priority for your brand or for your persona, whatever it may be. Spend five to 10 minutes in the morning going through your feed and looking at what people are posting. And then genuinely, if you like it, start to engage with them and do that every single day. It doesn't have to be the same brand every single day that you're engaging with. Maybe it's one to two times a week that you're engaging with that brand. But over time, it will start to show You want to start the conversations in the uh, captions, in the uh, DMs, and get that ball rolling and and present yourself as a friendly figure and a vested follower. So that's how you start. That is the that's how you start in 
any business. That is like so important and people miss that. Like if you jump into my DMs before you even follow me, so you're already like over in that folder of like there's a you know weirdo sending you a message. Do you want to accept it or not? Like you're then you're having to crawl yourself out of a hole. Yep, exactly. Like just be a normal human being. (laughs) Normal human. And and the point of Instagram is money. (laughs) It's to make as sad as that may seem, um, there's so many other organizations, though, and services that are promoting really, really great things. Um, but engagement, that's what they're looking for. This is a marketing tool. It is an advertising tool. It is a consumer and customer services tool, but they need engagement. And so be that person. You will get recognized um, over time. This doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> but you will get recognized over time. Yeah, definitely. So like we were saying, a lot of new businesses see collaborations as a quick way to get going. What are some things a business owner kind of need to have in place before like a a successful collaboration, maybe like some tech software or. Well, not necessarily. Okay. So if you're going to start off and and you want to do a collaboration and you want to approach another brand, you need to have a plan in place. So you don't want to just say like, hey, I'd love to work with you. Um, Let's chat. You can begin that way, but you need to have a plan laid out, like a little mini marketing plan or a mini business plan on what you would ultimately like to do. Does it mean that that's what you're going to end up partnering with and collaborating on in the future? No, it can evolve and it probably will evolve. Um, Once the brands come together and you start brainstorming, things will change. And what you end up collaborating on might be entirely different. So that's where you have to start. Now, April, cutting in really fast, circle back to the other part of that question. Yeah, didn't know if there's like certain tech you need to have in place, because especially like for me, I'm like the tech person. So I'm always curious, like what kind of things you need in order to build up track links and all that kind of stuff. How does all that back end stuff work? Okay, so text that you have in place, and this totally varies on what level you are at in your brand. Okay, so let's let's pretend that, like you said, you're a small brand. Um, one of the things that you need to have in place is you have to bring some sort of value to the partnership. So say you're, you're reaching out to an influencer or whatever you want, <laughs> and, and um, you want to work with them what value do you bring? Do you have a good, solid client base? Do you have the means to communicate with that base outside of social media and outside of this platform? Um, As basic as it may seem, like what is your website? What is your email communication? How is all of that set up? What type of POS do you have? How are you gaining sales? Are you wholesale? Are you direct to consumer? Whatever it may be. So it is a little bit broad. Um, because every single business starts out a little bit differently, but I would say the most important value that you need to bring to the table is you need to be able to reach your consumers on multiple platforms, whether that's social media, whether that's email campaigns, any of the other platforms that you have. Um, and then as a business, because we're just talking about collaboration here, but as a business, if you are a business reaching out to people and we're talking about business tech that you have internally to handle and support and make your own business go around. I mean, 
obviously if, if you want to be successful, you need to have the tools set up in order to do that. So, um, I don't think that there's any like straightforward answer to what type of tech you need to have because every single business is different. I mean, if we're talking consumer goods in the equestrian industry versus equestrian services versus equestrian events, like mm-hmm. show, but we all come with different tools that internally we have to have to make our own business go around. So I would hope that as a business starting out that you've set yourself up and you have those tools before you go out and reach mm-hmm. out to some collaborate with, because those are your value added pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. So basically, I mean, just be very prepared to make your end of things go extremely smoothly. Don't be. Exactly. Yeah. So like just to kind of fall back on my own personal experiences, these companies that I work with, that I've built the relationship with, I've worked hard on building that relationship with that I have gotten to know that I know I can personally align myself with and my brand. They're also established companies. So one of the things that we tend to talk about is like, how do you produce? How do you manufacture? How do you market? How do you get your products out there? What is the chain supply for you? And like, I need to make sure, of course, 2020 totally threw a kink in all of that in terms of getting things out. But prior to that, I needed to make sure that things could be made according to my own standards and then fulfilled according to my own standards. Totally. Okay. So what are some kind of like reasonable expectations a business owner can have from a collaboration? I think that a lot of people often think like, I'm just going to get in with this influencer and they're going to sell all my products for me and I'm going to make a million dollars. So can you talk about more like the real life side of that, what that is? And so luckily today, I think that because this has become such a, um, a business and um, a career for many people is they are going to provide you with the, so if you're going to reach out to an influencer, they're going to provide you with what they offer and they should have that put together. Like these are the packages that I offer. It's very clear, clearly stated. Here's what you can get. Here's how much it's going to cost. Here are add-ons that you could add on to that package. And then When you come up with your contract or your agreement, whatever it may be, you need to make sure that you have it clearly defined what the responsibilities and expectations are. And then at the end of the day, if there is compensation involved, how does that compensation happen? When does it happen? Are you having to meet certain goals or is it happening when things are first produced or is it occurring on a monthly basis based off of what is sold? So all of those are just very upfront, clearly communicated things that have to be in place before you even start designing the product. Totally. Because without that, everybody's just wasting their time. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. You point out it needs to be very clear in communication and what's going to (laughs) happen. No gray areas. You don't want gray areas. Again, Mm -hmm. like I've said before, this is a business relationship. This is a partnership. Um, There are assets being put in monetarily and time-wise. And so it needs to be treated seriously. You know, Mm -hmm. 
it's a serious thing. People are making a living here. Um, so that's why agreements, contracts, well spelled out packages and what's being, what can be offered is really important. And that goes for, for those that are looking to be an influencer type as well, to, to have that package available to send to people and always know there's, there's ways to, to create something new and to maybe negotiate if you want. Um, nothing's ever set in stone. Like when people right. approach me or, or I'm going into business with someone else, I mean, there's negotiations that definitely happen mm-hmm. in business. Yeah. So. But I think that's important for like the horse industry as a whole too. I feel like we always kind of leave those gray areas with contracts and such, even though there might they might be businesses or trainers or boarders or whatever. It's always seems like there's always a lot of gray areas in the horse industry. So saying that it's so clear is very yeah. important. Yeah. I mean, if you if step in with that mentality right off the bat and, and with a very serious approach, it's going to make things easier. I mean, when you're talking about money, time, effort, um, assets, skill sets that you bring to the table, it, it can become very personal. There's, there can be a, a lot of emotion that's involved, but step out of the gate with those expectations right off the bat yeah. and try to avoid headache. There's nothing more um, depressing than having a business relationship go south because maybe you didn't do your due diligence in the beginning. So now we're getting close towards the end of the podcast and we do like a rapid fire questions, no stress or just kind of some fun questions. Um, so the first one is what is the best advice you've ever gotten? So it doesn't have to be horse advice, just any advice. Okay. Best advice I've ever gotten. And I'll continue to give this is to never make an assumption. So don't assume anything, even if it may seem like you're asking the most like redundant an idiotic question, still ask it, have it clearly spelled out. Don't assume anything, especially in business. Love that. What is one of your favorite horse events or shows? Oh, this is a tough one. I could be really, (laughs) um, you know, know. (laughs) multidisciplined. Love. Oh, okay. I love when I get to go show myself, like at a hunter jumper show, we have some great ones out here in California, but now you're talking to me as a mother of two kids that just each got a pony and are starting to ride and to compete. So it would be, it would be in poor taste if I didn't say that I love going and watching my daughter ride at a schooling show on a pony in a walk trot or watching my junior rodeo. Like, I'm sorry, but that at the end of the day, that is probably more fulfilling for me than getting the kicks myself. That's awesome. I, yeah. I'm looking forward to that when my daughter is old oh, enough. Hello. What are you reading or listening to right now? <laughs> <laughs> that I was reading into things. Um, my time is short, as sad as that may seem. Um, so as, as I have not been able to read something in a very long time. I'm sorry. I'll be very honest and transparent. Mm-hmm. I do listen to music though. And um, I've been listening to a lot of people that I've built relationships with on Instagram. So 
like I gotta give a shout out to my boy Randy Savvy from Compton Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Some new singles. I've been listening to that. I have to give a shout out to another Instagram friend that I met, which is Jenna Paulette, who is a singer songwriter mm-hmm. in the country music scene. I've really enjoyed listening to her stuff as well. So that's what I'm doing. I'm listening to some of these smaller artists and following their journey. And I'm having a lot of fun doing that. That's that. cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And then the last one, uh, what's your favorite day to day moment with your horses? I like feeding. I, I, and I like mucking their stalls. So I think that there's something very personal that happens um, when you are just simply caring for your animals. So I love, we live on a ranch. I have a lot of my horses at home. I love getting up in the morning, going and checking on all of them, feeding them, giving them their scratchies, taking off their blankets. In the morning, it's really like quiet and serene. And then um, I love coming back and just the simplicity of picking up their pens is very meditating mm-hmm. or meditative. Um, and I enjoy that. And grooming. I, I, I know that seems so simple, but it's, it's a great way to build that bond and that connection. No, I completely agree. I just moved my horse back to like a self core, a uh, self care board barn. And we're doing all of that. And I, I'm just really enjoying being with him and feeding him and just taking yeah. care of him and grooming and all the fun things. Work involved work. It's time. It's all of that. But, um, I feel like my relationship with them is stronger because of it. All right. Yeah. So tell all our listeners where they can find you. Well, you can find me on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) You can find me on Instagram. The um, handle at Milton Manasco. I also have a website, which is shopmiltonmanasco.com. And um, I guess the other way you can find me is you could send up smoke signals or carrier pigeons, whatever, whatever works for you. Uh, <laughs> that's about, those are, those are the, the places where you can find me and check out what I'm up to and what I'm doing. Perfect. Well, thank awesome. you so well, much for being you. on the show. Yeah. No, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks again for listening to this podcast episode. To find out more information on our podcast episodes, make sure you check out our website, reigninyourherd.com. You can also find us on multiple social media platforms such as YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. I'm April Hardiman, and I'm the owner of Make It Rain, where I help equine businesses grow their exposure online, either through social media, email marketing, SEO, membership websites, or all the techie stuff. I'm just your average tech-savvy equestrian. And if you want to know how to grow your herd, make sure you go check out my Facebook group called Grow Your Herd. And I'm Laura, the word wrangler. I help horse business owners grow their online communities without being slimy, salesy, or sleazy. I love writing and telling online stories and teaching other people to do the same. So that's exactly what I do through my business, Unbridled Content Marketing. If you want to learn more about creating a community around your business, come check out my Facebook group, The Word Wranglers Community.